current events. Who needs them? I, I don't like them. there comes a time where you're like, I need a self-care news break. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't want to read about how women are now cancelled and <laughs> Boris Johnson is going to lead us all into his utopian racist paradise. On the bright side, the mm. funny side of news. Yeah. Did you hear about the environmental activists that literally glued themselves to the streets in Edinburgh? No. Why and where and how? They decided that they wanted MPs to walk to work. I think it was two of them glued themselves to the road. <laughs> and it held up traffic in Edinburgh for like the entire Monday this week. Oh, that's where? Oh, uh, one of them glued themselves, I think, to the Holyrood parking lot. <laughs> I can't remember where the other one was. And then yesterday, mm. more environmental activists mm. released bees onto the public. <gasps> <laughs> I was walking to work and I was like, there are a lot of bees out here. Wow. Apparently, they just released the bees <laughs> into the thronging populace. Why? <laughs> what was the end goal of the bees? I think they wanted the bees to be free. It it actually makes me a little bit angry because those bees died. Oh. They they got sucked into vents yeah. and cars and they, I mean, you you know what Edinburgh city centre looks like. There's no green spaces for the bees. No, there's not a bee-friendly area. On the main roads. No. So those bees be dead. Bees be gone. Mm. We planted some like bee-friendly flowers in our garden. I saw some bees using them the other day. Ooh. And I was like, that's for you. I hope you like it, lass. You see, you need to support the bees because it's like, you know everything's always telling you support your local farmers. What's more local than your local bees? It's women working, you know, you gotta get the women CEOs, you know, bees, support them. When I was young, I used to, because um, we had a really big garden with an orchard. Yes, I'm that white. <laughs> we used to like put down a, well, I used to put down like a little plank of wood for like a week and then go back and lift it up and look because underneath there'd always be an ant's nest. And so, yeah, but I loved it. so interesting. Like, you lift it up, because usually they'd put all the grubs there for some reason at the top. And so you lift it up, and they're like, oh my god! And so they would send up all the ants, and they would, like, pick up the grubs and, like, take them away. It was so interesting. I loved it. I, I fear ants, because... Oh, well, that's because they're the size of dogs where you're from, isn't it? Exactly. And they shoot guns and... <laughs> Form gangs, I assume. But just because the air becomes filled with flying ants, um, and then they they just flutter everywhere and they get caught in your hair, but once they get caught in your hair, their wings fall off. So you've basically uh, got grubs stuck in your hair. Uh, mm. My partner's from Zimbabwe, and they used to fry and eat them with butter. You know, I think it's... It's a thing that, to be more sustainable, we should start eating more insects. Because we basically already do with prawns. Because prawns are basically like the insects of the sea. And they're delicious. At the Sainsbury's by work, they sell this thing called, like, bug bites. And it looks like they're selling insects. And I'm curious, but not curious enough to eat it. <laughs> I had a, uh, a cricket once. It was like some sort of salted chocolate cricket or something odd. Oh, that's fancy. But it was nice. I think mostly because it was chocolate and salt, which is the only two flavours that I like. <laughs> it, it smothered the taste of crickets. That's right. It was kind of crunchy. It was like, mmm, carapace. Mm. Mm. 
delicious. It's like, like when you get a popcorn kernel stuck in your teeth, but instead you pull out an entire ant. <laughs> eh? iPad? What are you doing? Shook. Shake to send feedback. So you go like, that sucks. And uh, I just got a pop-up Weird. message on my iPad that says, shake to send feedback. You shook your device. Your feedback and suggestions help us. So I guess it must be Anger. like, Anger! I fight you! Okay, how to tell this more? <laughs> Actually, I'm just driving along a really bad road. Actually, I just gesticulate far too much while I talk. <laughs> Remember to introduce podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Everything's Awful Forever. Uh, we talk about all kinds of shit from the past, not current shit, because that's already happening to you. We don't give a fuck about that. What's happening to you doesn't interest us at all. No, what happened to your ancestors though? <laughs> give me. Your great, 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 great grandmother was a real hoot. <laughs> she was amazing. I'm Jessica Byrne. I'm Philippa Evans. There you go. <sighs> Social media. Society. Isn't it all bullshit? Don't you just kind of want to fucking leave society sometimes? I'm halfway there, Jess. You kind of are. <laughs> That's okay. But wouldn't you want to take it further? Because you kind of do have to go out. You go across the street, you stumble out your door, trip over and you're in a little where there's a million other people. The day before yesterday, yes, I stumbled out my door. Did you? And a drunk man stumbled into me. Oh no. He'd been leaning against my door, which opens <laughs> onto my property. And so as I opened it, he collapsed upon me. Oh. And frantic for the safety of my rabbit, I brutally kicked him out. <laughs> but it was harrowing and I want to live in a cave with a pride of rabbits. You can do that, according to these few people. Tell me that how. did do indeed. Be like, society? Nope. Fuck off. Don't like it. Too many folk. So, yep, society sucks. People have stupid fucking ideas that you don't agree with. You have to associate with people all the time. I kind of It's one of those things that I kind of think that's why so many people like the zombie apocalypse idea. Because it's like a reset of society, getting mm. rid of 70% of us, and then you are the strong, witty, great person that survives and you can like rebuild society. No more making jokes around the water cooler with fucking Greg. <laughs> Instead, just you roaming the the urban wilderness, exactly. shooting people in the head, and it's legal now. And it's it is your manager. That's who's a zombie, <laughs> not you. You're too clever and quick and amazing and strong and beautiful and powerful. And that's everyone's fantasy. Everyone, I defy you to tell me otherwise. <laughs> not a single one of you has not fantasized about the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. If you have a preferred apocalypse, you're wrong. Mm, it's the zombie one get it together so we've felt this way for a very long time just lift yourself up start again because it always ends up super duper good and no <laughs> bad thing ever happened by the end of this as well i hope to have convinced you all to start your own societies <laughs> just like these people are you ready, fella? Uh, I'm ready to learn, Jess. Oh, I, oh I'm fuck. Should I leave? You you do impede the learning. <laughs> I do. I feel like I know less after you've spoken. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Unless it's about Henry VIII, in which case, in which case, <laughs> do you have a spare two hours? I know you don't. In 1929, German doctor Friedrich Ritter, a dentist in his early forties 
wanted a nope out of society. May I just say mm -hmm. that when German scientists decide to create utopian societies, it doesn't go well? It goes great. You've heard my introduction. It went real well. Nothing went wrong. I don't... Like, I'm already upset that you're prepared for things to go wrong, because <laughs> I just think it's really negative of you. Perk up, Philippa. <laughs> Drink your beer. Oh, yeah, we've stopped on wine. We've stuck around with beer for a while now. I feel that the earthy groundedness of beer mm. suits my personality. Well, I like beer, but also I... As we've discussed, I am the god queen Jess, and I feel like you can't be a monarch without like a really rich glass of red wine swirling in your hand constantly. Beer does make you belch, which takes away from the, the aura of divinity. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. This is regal and beautiful always. Okay. Listen to your god queen. Uh, your god queen commands it. So Friedrich Ritter, you just can't up and go and start your own society yourself though you need to grab the nearest woman available because you know population is something like you that you need to procreate exactly exactly a society of one is just a man with strange habits exactly that's just a crazy hermit mm -hmm. we don't we don't care Methuselah you should have had a woman in there then you could have had your own like podcast inhabiting <laughs> podcast Hey, I'm inside the whale. Thanks for following me. I've got a Patreon. Give it to the whale. The whale needs krill. I need eat krill also. Whale life. Hashtag whale life. <laughs> what has happened to me? Am I okay? So I think you'll find. Yeah? His name is Jonah. Methuselah? Methuselah's the one who lived forever. The old man. Yeah. Oh, Damn it. Read a Bible, Jess. No. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible Irish person. I've never read the Bible. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we needed to grab the nearest available woman who was actually a patient. Stop just creasing yourself at my stupidity. I'll never stop. <laughs> okay, I've got my laugh set. God damn it. The nearest available woman, <laughs> which was a patient, patient, Dora Strauch, a teacher with MS, and was 15 years younger than him. He was really, really into Nietzsche. Uh, that's the correct pronunciation, most likely. It's Nietzsche. It is German. It's Nietzsche. <laughs> no, it's, it's German. It's Nietzsche. Fuck you. <laughs> Du bist ein unheiliger Kuh. Danke. Bitte. This is the German corner. <laughs> We're going to introduce it each episode. Uh, so he's really into Nietzsche because, yes, you're right, of course he is. And he told her, Strauch, that you can just will your way through MS. It's not like a debilitating <laughs> disease slash illness. Have you tried not having it? Have you just tried real hard not having it, though? Have you tried harder to not have it? I mean, women do have weaker wills. They do, but you can try and I'll help you. Because I'm a doctor. And an overman. <laughs> so positive thinking can do it. Hard work. Clean living. Paleo diet or something basically read the secret he asked her so if you were stranded on a desert island what would you take with you <laughs> what would you take with you on a desert island don't say a boat everyone's like i took a boat or a plane to leave and then they you slap your knee for three hours laughing at yourself 
I would take Mads Mikkelsen and also... Uh, willingly or kicking and screaming? I mean, I prefer him to be willing. Okay. I don't see why Mads Mikkelsen would not want to be on a desert <laughs> <laughs> with us. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the day when we become disgustingly uncomfortably famous and he also then finds out and he's like, oh what? dear. I would take Mads Mikkelsen and a near infinite supply of cocaine. Oh, I mean, you don't currently do cocaine now. Are you just going to like take... Or do you? I'll never admit it. Mm. Me and my drug cartel. <laughs> That's why you're always sniffing. We have to edit out a million sniffs. Embrace the fluids <laughs> running from me. Yes. <laughs> it's not that I've had a full-on can of relentless in ten minutes. It's, it's something else. Never mind. Shh. You think Ooh. that we've got allergies, but we're actually just snorting cocaine. <laughs> That's how our energy is so high. So you're taking meds and cocaine. Mm-hmm. And the third thing... Maybe a book. <laughs> Something nice. Just a book. Maybe a book that I'd never ordinarily read, but now I have to. The Bible. <laughs> okay, interesting. So he um, covered her eyes, and when he uncovered them, they were both on a fucking desert island. <gasps> he actually took her to one. You see, they went to Floriana, an island an island in the Galapagos archipelago. They both left their spouses for each other. So they both kind of like up and left and were like, society's fucking shit. Let's start our own. Let's just get out of here and actually live on a desert island. Um, the Galapagos is in Ecuador, and during the 20s, they wanted to sell off some of the islands to make some money, and so rich Europeans were all over that. The idea of, like, a tropical land, and you go, <sighs> it's beautiful, a real desert island. Amazing. Rita snapped it up and went to Floriana to escape all the flappers and consumerism and all the other... <laughs> all the flappers. The non-stop ragtime jazz parties that I know is going on in Germany in post-World War One. <laughs> That's where the problem started. You see, Floriana... Floriana was a popular stop-off hub for pirates and whaling ships in the past. (laughs) One ship, the Essex, stopped here. A crew member of that ship wanted to play a prank on his fellow shipgoers, and so he set a little fire. (laughs) That's the best (laughs) prank, like a whoopee cushion or a buzzer, a small fire. fire. Only the fire went out of control and burned the whole island to the ground pretty much. Who's laughing now? It was the extinction of the Florian and Tortoise. I mean, you know, the like no. Darwin's origin of species, he kind of like came up with that from seeing the, the tortoises on the Galapagos. This tortoise is no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. The most tragic part of this whole podcast. Well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the captain swore revenge on the man who did it, and uh, later the ship was rammed by a huge sperm whale, which sank it. <laughs> And this story was the inspiration for Moby Dick. Cool, eh? Jonah and his whale ramming also was there. <laughs> <laughs> so when Rittenstrauch arrived, I'm sorry if that's totally the wrong pronunciation. I tried. It's, it's German. Sounds convincingly it's, it sounds German. Germany, doesn't it? Anyway, Rittenstrauch arrived. It wasn't a paradise filled with tortoises, but a blackened wasteland on black rock <laughs> lava. Oops, Not- we're in hell. Oops. Oh, fuck. We uprooted our entire lives for this. And so they, they got to work. He wanted to work her through her MS and live a good Nietzschean life where he could write his book, practice his raw food theories practice nudism um he was also seriously obsessed with mast 
Cation. <laughs> yeah, he was a, an obsessive chewer, and it had oh. destroyed his teeth. So before he left, he had all of his teeth removed because he knew that there wouldn't be any dental work where he was going. So he had no teeth, but he had a like a steel pair of dentures made. Only when when they arrived, he was like, oh, "I've got no teeth, and you." do so i mean uh, so he removed all of her <gasps> with gardening tools ah! which meant that they only had a steel pair of dentures between them so they would have to swap their teeth between each other if they ever needed to eat anything which was vegetarian as well so you need a lot of chewing with a vegetable matter so you'd just be like they were ah! naked swapping their teeth back and forth why desert fucking rock aisle (laughs) can you please not i already have an ms i'm sure i'll be fine with the cavity fuck off yeah exactly so it turns out their life was constant fucking labor as well because they needed to like build it from the ground up literally because there was like almost nothing on this island after a year and a half though that actually kind of started to pull it together it was kind of going well for them he was getting pissed off, though, that she didn't vegetarian hard enough, and she didn't hard <laughs> labor away. She didn't hard labor away her MS. Just like a woman. Idiot. She just clearly wanted to have it for the attention. <laughs> and she just didn't need she hard enough, probably. So the tensions were kind of rising between them two. I kind of like the idea that they maybe met, and it was like a, it was kind of like a whirlwind romance. Let's run away together. And then they fucking do, they leave their, their spouses for each other, and then they get there, and they actually realize that they fucking hate each other. <laughs> I think that things might have turned when he ripped out her teeth with a garden yeah, tool. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That would sour a relationship for me. But also, she she's that kind of like I don't want to say she's an idiot but <laughs> naive it's like you know when you're that young person you're like really there's like someone who's like maybe saying philosophies and things that you've never heard before and it's then like, you're all <laughs> flutter and like oh my god she's so, he's so smart but then you grow up and you realise it's like oh oh dear so that guy who was quoting Ayn Rand at me <laughs> When I was 18, and I was like, oh my god, you're so clever and handsome and amazing. And and you're right, money does equate to virtue. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. I'm jaded and bitter at 30. So yeah, it wasn't really quite the paradise, the tropical amazing island that they first thought. Turns out he's actually an insane teeth-stealing asshole. (laughs) And so her best friend becomes her donkey. She's like, fuck this guy, I'm gonna my best friend's my donkey. You can see that. I mean, donkeys are really cute and good. That would make a great movie. They kind of become famous, though, because they're like the two lovers who like went to go on a desert island, living off the land, off the sweat of their back, Adam and Eve style. And um, this might surprise you. Are you, are you prepared? But the, I'm sitting down. The press kind of blew it out of proportion. The press no. sort of exaggerated it a little bit. The press don't do that. They, they did in this case. But, but journalism is about facts, I, not emotions. I, I know. So it was a different time. It was the 20s. <laughs> so they were kind of really, really sensationalizing it and being like, lovers, tropical island, amazing. Blue Lagoon. And so some of the folk were like, I gotta get in on this. <laughs> in 1932, a boat arrives with the Wittmers. Hans Wittmer, his five months pregnant wife, mm. Margaret Wittmer, and um, Heinz's son Harry was a teenage boy, so I think he was like stepson, but anyway, he was his son. Teenage kid, Margaret, wife, pregnant. Could they not wait for months? 
they thought that he was a real doctor and so they were like oh she can take he can like deliver my baby it's okay and I don't know kind of like the idea of your baby being born in a new society it's like you know when we eventually all move to Mars Mm -hmm. and the first Martian born yeah I don't want to be the one giving birth to that Mars baby (laughs) as if it would be (laughs) the fact that you would do that You'd I... be 40 by the time if, I mean, if we set off now to Mars. <laughs> and if I wanted children. <laughs> yes, uh, there's a lot of um, obstacles in but your way. Yeah. I don't trust Martian doctors to safely deliver my hypothetical baby. Okay, that's fair. Dentists as well, you get a dentist <laughs> to deliver. Ma- dentists, completely banned. <laughs> They'll just like get forceps in that weird little like water squirty thing and like squirt the baby out. <laughs> Somehow. You'll be like, you don't like, look like a midwife. I extract teeth. I mean, I can extract a baby. Babies want to come out. <laughs> teeth are much more difficult. So the Mittmans arrive. They're kind of like a normal family. As normal as you can be to like want to up or root your tiny life to go live on a desert island. But they're kind of boring, you know. And then they see the Ritters and... and well, I would say the Ritters. I should not say that because it's Ritter and Strauch. Everything I was reading is like, they're the Ritters. It's like, yeah, she's her own person though, so fuck you. Patriarchy. You don't automatically get the man's surname like, when like, you're with him. Yeah, being around a man, <laughs> then you are like... I love how when, when they... Um, say someone based on the relation they are to a man so it's like this is someone's friend this is the boy who loves Commodus like, sort of thing. <laughs> anyway uh, so Ritter and Strauch they they thought that they were the most boring people in the whole world just because they were really normal and the Wittmans also saw them sharing teeth and con- like <laughs> talking about Nietzsche all the time and being <laughs> nude and and there was also one stream on the islands they were all kind of like forced to share it but it wasn't really the paradise that they were promised so they gave it like one star in Airbnb you know they tolerated each other for a while and things were going pretty well the Vitmans actually kind of did really well they weren't vegetarians, so they could eat some of the animals that were already on the island. Because it wasn't, like, completely devastated. They no tortoises. Bring... Yeah, no tortoises. They were fucked. But they, like, brought some animals with them as well to tend it. And they were doing pretty well. And then the <laughs> Baroness shows up. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, I want to be her. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> Austrian bombshell. Eloise Verborn de Wagner von Busquets. <laughs> That's a good name. When you have more than two, that's real extra. (laughs) If it doesn't take five minutes to Mm. say your full name, who are you even? I want like a title and like, you know, Esquire at the end as well. And a Von thrown in there. I just want a Von or a Van in my name. That would be amazing. She arrived with two handsome young lovers as well. So she brought her two young nice boys with her. Rudolf Lorenz and Robert Philipson. They intended on building a grand hotel in Floriana for American millionaires. And she was pretty hot, you know, like skinny, big tits, and would piss off Ritter by getting all the attention of passing, passing ships, by wearing skimpy outfits, walking around <laughs> in her bra and underwear, wearing a whip and an ivory-handled Ooh. pistol, like a desert island Lara Croft. I like her. She's hot, right? She sounds hot. <laughs> the Baroness was amazing. She would dominate and bully her two young lovers and by all accounts they were terrified of her it's amazing (laughs) she would also like when she turned up she would just like stir shit up between the two people because they they were kind of like 
not really like forming a society. The Nietzschean teeth sharers were like, these people are the most boring people in the world. And the boring people were like, these people are crazy. And so they only kind of like interacted through necessity. And then the Baroness starts like <laughs> fiddling around with them and like pissing them off and just being a dick. She's amazing. And I bet you that Rita is looking at this hot woman and he's like, she hasn't even read Nietzsche. <laughs> She's, I must educate her on it now. She's such a poser. She's also got all her teeth. That needs to fucking change. Let's get this sorted out. So... Um, she would open the other people's post and like read it and then also like write her own versions with her <laughs> of the star and then send them back to their families. <laughs> she would uh, sensationalize everything that was happening on the islands to passing ships and so she would basically just like lie. Uh. And uh, there was something about like she wanted to star in a film as well about it and she did and she just basically oh. was like wearing this mesh top with her tits out she's, she's living her best life I want to be her she's amazing yeah she would swan around shooting all the animals <laughs> fucking with the families she was great she would take with her everywhere her favourite book it was kind of like her good luck charm and it was oh. the picture of Dorian Gray <gasps> She is so extra. Exactly. I mean, it's that kind of person, the picture mm. of Dorian Gray. You've met like six of these people at uni, right? <laughs> you know the ones. Everyone on the island, the boring people, Ritter and Strauch and the Wittmers, really sick of her. So they went to go complain to the governor of the Galapagos. <laughs> but she was so hot and charming that he fell completely for her bullshit. And so he granted her land and territory on the island to build her hotel and also to be like, this is a territory, just like, leave her alone. But this was the part that had the stream. So they basically just gave her access to the stream. I also love that these people moved to this island being like, fuck society, we don't need you. Yeah. And then they're like, but dad, oh God, she's she, being mean. She's mean to me. She's, she's whipping everything. Make her leave my utopian society. Like, she won't put a top on. We were nude before, but now she's making me uncomfortable because she's hot. Wearing a mesh shirt just makes you more nude. <laughs> emphasizes your nudity. Splanting it, Dad. No. Fix it. And he didn't, though. He was like, she's hot. <laughs> so I like a get, mesh top. <laughs> you'll get most of the island. She, though, makes Lorenz build the hotel. He basically kind of, like, turns into her slave. Because I know she brought, like, the two young lovers, but, like, Lorenz gets, like, most of the shit. <laughs> Even that she let her other lover beat him. Yeah, she would let Philipson, like, beat Lorenz, and, like, he basically built the hotel and things kind of get worse and the island is hit by a year-long drought in about 1933 and so tensions become really really high the crops start dying she's a dig petty squabbles get worse Lorenz tries to get the fuck out because she he is so sick of the baroness kind of like beating him and treating him like a slave he f tries to take refuge with the vitmers <laughs> The sexy man, like, running to the boring people. He was, like, blonde and airy and, like, super <laughs> German-looking as well. Like, like, take me in. Please. <laughs> bitter. Bitter. Couldn't see me a bit of No, wait, that's... Can I help you? Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I bet he could. <laughs> and here, he reveals that the Baroness isn't a Baroness at all. She was a cabaret dancer in Constantinople <gasps> during World One One, World One 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 One, World War One, even. <laughs> That one. The the first one. <laughs> the great one. The best one. <laughs> yeah, not a baroness. Mm. That lying little minx. Yeah. I like her more. Yeah, I know, right? 
I mean, fake it till you make it. <laughs> and she fucking did. I can't remember where she got all the money from. It was basically like she opened like a shop and like these the two boys were like working in the shop and they were like, let's go here because they were reading all about it. She was Austrian, but you know. And she was like, what would a baroness be like? Whip. <laughs> Whip. Ivory handled pistol. Mesh top. Man slaves. Done. A Von in the name. Von. Throw it in there. Where? Everywhere. <laughs> Every second like, one. I'm going to change my name to Von Jessica, Von Louise, Von Burn Von. <laughs> Van Esquire. M.A. <laughs> PhD. I don't have that though. That one's a lie. <laughs> so by March of 1934, by March of 1934, the drought had been going on so long that the crops were really dying. And Strauch and Riz were, were vegetarians, so that's really bad. Ships also stopped passing because there was like a, um, it was like a frequent pass-off point. They would come and like bring gifts as well as they were getting more famous and like supplies and stuff. They stopped coming by as frequently. One evening, Strauch hears a woman scream in the forest, but she thinks it's just the Baroness being a dick because it's just like her normal behavior so she didn't really like think about it <laughs> to go into the woods and scream just like having the yelling hour is just you go and you start <laughs> shrieking for two hours in the night because why not like a cockatiel then a few nights later margaret Wittmer comes over with lorenz and said that the baroness and philipson had just boarded a passing yacht headed for tahiti and they just fucked off well, Tahiti. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd go there. I you? would just leave those Nietzschean squares. Also, uh, the Baroness said that they could just go through all her stuff and take it for themselves, because maybe she won't come back. Maybe she will, but maybe she won't, so they could just take all her stuff. But Strauch was like, uh, sure. I mean, that kind of seems like a Baroness thing to do. So they head over to the really seriously shitty hotel that they didn't <laughs> exactly build, and they ransacked through all of her stuff, taking it and like, splitting it all up between them. Ritter is like putting on the mesh top. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, does she have any dentures? Nope. <laughs> I saw the fucking shirt. They go, okay, okay, okay. With his mesh top, like, fine. I mean, Nietzsche would want me to have it, I think. <laughs> uh, Strauch balks because she sees on the Baroness's nightstand her prized possession, the picture of Dorian Gray. She never went anywhere without it. It was a good luck charm. Mm. Later investigation, after all this, showed that there was no records of any yacht entering the Galapagos at the time, and also, they never turned up in Tahiti. They were never seen again. No. Yeah, the Baroness and Philipson, absolutely gone. No! Right? My favourite character died! <laughs> no! They had just simply disappeared, no body, nothing. I think there was a body. I feel there was a body. <laughs> Do you want to feel her body? Is that what you're saying? Who doesn't? Mm. Lorenz suddenly also really wants to get the fuck out, like out of nowhere. And he, he's like, the fake Baroness is gone. So he tries to bargain his way onto a fishing ship. The fishing ship didn't want to sail because it was Friday the 13th. <laughs> but Lorenz gave them enough money. So he was like, eh, all right. So they set off sail, leaving the island. Lorenz leaves and is never seen alive again. Mm. Until their mummified bodies were discovered months later. I knew it. On the arid Marish Marshina Marchina something island. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it, <laughs> did you? Did. Saw it coming. <laughs> A mile away. Yeah, it was kind of like they got there, they died of thirst. And it was so arid, there just wasn't anything there. They couldn't leave and didn't mummify because of the heat of the sun. Just a few months later, in November, 
one of their pigs is sick. It's still a drought. Things are going really bad. The vegetarians now having to eat their livestock because all of the crops have died. Well, what about your Nietzschean principles? Mm-hmm. Not when you're starving to death. And the pig is uh, really, really ill. So Rusia kills it and feeds it to the chickens because oh. it's like, oh, it's useless. We can't eat the meat. It's bad. So we give it to the chickens. But the chickens are then kind of iffy. So they try and like cook and preserve them. But uh, Strauch cooks the chickens, feeds one of them to Ritter, who dies. <gasps> That's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> According to Strauch, she read him Nietzsche as he was dying. They were looking into each other's eyes and he was like reading her, reading him his favorite passage. And he was like, this passage, when you read this, it'll remind me of you. He was like, tell me the story of eternal recurrence again. <laughs> and she was like, God is dead. <laughs> and he was like, oh. <laughs> I can die in peace. (laughs) But according to uh, Margaret, he was so ill that he couldn't speak. And so he wrote, he was like writing down and his last words were, I curse you with my dying breath. Because he was convinced that Strauch had killed him, poisoned him. Well, you know what? Mm. You die when you ignore Nietzsche. You, you, you betray your vegetarian mm-hmm. beliefs and yeah. you die. That's yeah. what you get That's rid what of. You get. And then she was like, excuse me, I'm just going to like, and then like took the teeth out <laughs> of his face and like put it in her mouth and then nodded at him as he was dying. And she was like. <laughs> she left the Galapagos not long after and returned to Germany. And she wrote a book about her experiences and denies murdering him i mean uh feeding him the chicken poisons on purpose <laughs> to this very day now the vitmers what happened to them they succeeded in starting their own society oh. they are still there to this day huh. with a chain of hotels and i looked at them and they're kind of cool <laughs> bougie people yeah basically this whole thing made me change my mind about what i would bring on a desert island the three things i would take are two lovers teeth and the picture of Dorian Gray I don't know about the Dorian Gray I feel like that's a good <laughs> actually it's not a very good book really I mean it's fine <laughs> I'm with you on the two lovers and the teeth yeah yeah but what was maybe maybe a donkey best friend donkey best friend voiced by <laughs> he'd just be like sitting there going <laughs> that was a very happy story I like to hear that the middle class boring people <laughs> made it story. four people died Four people died. <laughs> but they were deserving. Yeah, the so, Baroness was amazing. You're right, I love her. She, she just had to die. Yeah, yeah, she was too extra for this world. <laughs> Swanning around, just being a dick to everyone. It's also the 30s, too. And I really want to see the film that she was into. Not just because Ooh. she was wearing a mesh top the whole time. But Weird. kind of because of that, yes. Mostly because of that, Mostly, yes. Mostly, yeah. Oh, that that was that was weirdly feel good. It's kind of good, wasn't it? It's like all the villains died, the heroine survived. The Vitmas were just actually good at living on the island, and so they were like, "Well, I mean, we didn't kill like the Baroness. Lorenz definitely killed the Baroness. <laughs> we still have all of our own teeth." Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna stay there. And, oh yeah, they had the baby. It was fine. And yeah, yeah. Mm. 
I, I guess I completely forgot about the baby, but I'm I'm glad it made it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like it. Uh, yeah, the baby's good. Fine. Yeah. I just feel really sorry for the teenage son who went along. Who was probably like, but mom, there's gonna be no access to Reddit. My parents took me on an amazing fucking holiday to the Dominican Republic, but I was kind of too teenaged to enjoy it. And it's like my parents took me in amazing places when I was a kid and a teenager, but. As a kid and a teenager, you don't want to do that. I would love to go fucking all the places that we went now as an adult. I would appreciate the shit out of that. But as a teenager, I was like, go away. And like spent all of my time in my hotel. I'm sorry, mum and dad. My parents once took me to an isolated area in Mozambique mm. to kill me, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bury the body. Like, Children was a mistake. <laughs> Let's uh, rectify this. But I was too much of a goth at the time. Yeah. And I still insisted on wearing a lot of black. Yeah, right? Me and too. I took my whole Nietzsche collection with me. Ugh. I basically dug a hole into a sand dune and sat there for two weeks reading Nietzsche. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you took Nietzsche. Oh no. So mm. I, I just remember reading, you know, like Thus Spake Zarathustra being like, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, uh, this is this is about me. I've also got Catcher in the Rye with me. <laughs> <sighs> we were terrible as, as teenagers. Oh my goth stage was fun. <laughs> I remember my father sitting me down one day and saying, mm. Promise me this won't be forever. Oh. And I was like, Dad, it's not a phase, it's, it's an identity. And he was like, all right, fine, but we will look back on this day. <laughs> you were right, Dad. Yeah, you were right. Parents, everything my parents said is like, yeah, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's because you've had uh, 40 years of experience. Why is it no teenagers understand this? It's like, you've, they've already done this for 40 years. And so they go, hey, if you do that, that's stupid. And you're like, no, you're, you're lame and you don't understand. No, they do. They went through it. They lived it. They know. <laughs> Oh, parents. Oh, parents. I'm sorry. But also, <laughs> fuck you. You don't understand. Podcasting is my life and my career now. It's a real job, Mom. It's a real job. Please, can I have some more money for my rent? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, society and that. That was a good day. I feel a renewed interest in leaving my home and forging on into the wilderness exactly so on that happy note mm -hmm. some things and i sometimes do we have any this week it's been I, very hard i actually do um <laughs> like, like oh scraping the bottom of the barrel but it, i actually do have one the other day it was uh, mine and alex's anniversary oh nine years we we have grown to despise one another <laughs> No, we went to our favorite restaurant, had really, really nice meal, and then we went home and played Undertale, but we're doing the voices <laughs> together. We were doing all the voices and just, like, being cute and, like, all in love and shit. And it was really, really nice. And, like, um, I've been a little sad lately for personal reasons and Alex he was really really supportive nice it's like I'm having this meal but I'm a bit miserable so he just was like extra cuddles and niceness <sighs> yeah he's great Alex I love you you're awesome and your boyfriend is already just very nice he's the nicest man <laughs> so he's extra nice I can't even imagine how he would achieve it love you boo well that's very happy it's disgustingly it happy it's in like fact actual something's nice sometimes instead of us being like I bought a book and I ate oh wait no mine does involve food I really like food food is, food is my life do you want me to make it weird instead of nice because yes. we go to this 
restaurant, Loch Fine. This episode is sponsored by Loch Fine. No, it's not. We don't have a sponsor ever. But um, every every year we get lobster because I love it. And I take home the claws. And so in our bathroom, I'll have to take a picture of this, is like all the claws from all of our... So keep you, them. you are a creepy corpse it's collector. Fucking creepy, isn't it? Collect the corpse of my delicious meal and display it for all to see. I mean, I'm just a little bit weird in that I collect dried flowers and dead leaves. Jess collects the corpses and body parts of things that she crosses. The fucking claws. And a corvid feather collection. Yeah, I do have that, don't I? Oh, no. And your animal wool. This is how I found out that I'm really weird. <laughs> and I collect animal <laughs> products. <laughs> yeah. Shit. You could go onto a desert island and knit yourself a scarf out of your dog wool. Listen, my dog wool scarf is going to be comfy as fuck. And my, I'll, I'll make the fan out of the corvid feathers that I have with my mouse skull. As a crown? I, as a tiny, tiny earring. And all my claws that I can use for bottle openers and shit. I don't know. And scissors. And uh, other, a third thing. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's right. That's the correct to reaction to my animal leavings <laughs> collections that I have. All right, listen. I do. I've got the corvid feathers to make into a fan to sell to goths on Etsy. I just haven't done that yet. So I've just got a creepy sure. box filled with crow and jackdaw feathers. Oh. So join our Patreon to support <laughs> Jess's. There are people. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> we, she really needs the help. Yeah, and our Twitter is awful forever pod, and please share this with your friends to be like, listen to this fucking insane person who like collects animal claws and feathers and shit. Do we have a way to say goodbye? No, we never do. We never do. No. Awkward silence. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>